Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Well, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for this day of your presence, your Shabbat, and the special off-roof. And we pray uh, that your word would go forth and encourage your people, O God. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Well, today is a special day for several reasons. First, as if you haven't heard, it's the off-roof for Meggie and Logan. Congratulations. And we're uh, celebrating their upcoming Simcha as a community when we get to affirm that. Today is also a leap day. February 29th. Leap Day, of course, happens every four years, and it occurs on Shabbat every 28 years. Today is also Amy Howard's birthday, and I believe she will be a teenager this year, right? She's turning 15. Yeah, so we, we are you going to have a quinceanera, Amy? Do you know what a quinceanera is? Never mind. I'll talk to you later. All right. That's one way to stay young, is to be born on February 29th, right? Okay, and those of you that are good at math, don't multiply 15 by 4. Just, you know, just accept it. Okay. Um, Is that good? I don't want to give away your age. Okay. Um, But this got me thinking, what do the scriptures and our traditions have to say about leaping? Because it's leap day. Have you ever thought about that? What would you say... If I told you that the Bible is calling you to leap, not just today, but every day, what would you say to that? Would you believe me? All right. So I want us to start. Everyone, I want us to stand up and uh, make sure you have a little bit of space. We're going to do a little bit of leaping. You might have to go into the aisles. And everyone, you go, I want you to be in first position, which is, uh, those of you who do ballet, I think it's like this. Your heels together, and we have a little video, and this, uh, I think a woman is going to share with us how to leap, okay? And uh, this is from Cheryl Ale, and uh, who's an expert on the subject, so uh, let's turn our attention. Let's see if we can uh, make this happen here. How to here. perform small jumps in ballet. Stay tuned. Make sure you have space to jump. You might have to get out of the pews there. Hi, I'm Cheryl Ale. I'm the founding director of RPM, Revolutionary Principles of Movement, really. And I am here teaching dancers and teachers to be the very best that they can be. This is really ballet for everybody, everybody. This is what we do. So let's jump around. We're going to jump around, down to go up to go down. And here we go. We're here to do small jumps in ballet. Okay, so everyone's thinking, well, you know, we do this, Cheryl. We know how to do small jumps. Okay, so I'm going to show you what the small jumps look like before the principles 
and then after the principles. But first, I'm sure you're wondering why I have this handy dandy ball in my hand. What this is about is, called, is creating the cause and effect and working with gravity. Because if you're just jumping without these principles, guess what's going to happen? Gravity is going to win, and I'm going to show you how it wins. You may not even know how it wins. Okay, so if you just drop a ball like this. Okay, well, yeah, Cheryl, it bounces. It bounces. It's the same, it's the same action reaction as if you're just walking down the street. But how do you get gravity to work with you? You have to go, instead of down to go up to go down, you have to conjure the energy to go up to go down to go up. Now, that's a better jump. Now, wouldn't that be a better jump? All right, so let's have these, and we will go just... Let's do first and first and second and second without any action reaction, just down to go up to go down instead of up to go down. Here we go. Go. And first, first, second, second. Okay. So what did that feel like? That felt like down. And gravity was totally winning, right? Okay. So let's do, let's do the same thing, but go up to go down, to go up, just first and first and second and second. And then we'll do an exciting combination here. Okay, here we go. And first and first and second and second. Did you see the difference? The ball went up. All right. Up, up. Give yourselves a big hand. That was great. Thanks, Robert. Okay, so now I'm really going to show them. All right. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was great. Did you catch what she was saying? We don't want gravity to win, right? So how do we avoid that? Sometimes you have to go up, to go down, to go up. And that is how you leap. You think you can remember that? All right. So we're going to keep going. Maybe that will come up a little bit later. So now that we practice a little bit, let's take a look at leaping from a scriptural point of view. First, I'd like to tell you, uh, how many of you have ever heard of Brother Yoon? He wrote the, The Heavenly Man. He's a Chinese Christian. No? Nobody? Okay, cool. You, you, you've got it. Okay, good. So um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about him. He's, uh, at this point, he's exiled from China, and he's a, a Christian and pastor. It's hard to be a Yeshua follower in China. And in his life, he experienced many years of persecution and hardship for his choice to follow Yeshua and to do what we call gospeling, right? To uh, share the gospel. Here is a quote from inspirationalchristians.org about how he came to faith. This is just a little bit about his background. Quote, in 1974, Brother Yoon's father became ill with lung cancer. His mother, who had been a Christian for many years, but who had become spiritually cold after the expulsion of Western missionaries during the Cultural Revolution, felt a deep sense of desperation because if her husband had died then, it would, it would leave the family in dire straits. She thought of committing suicide. One evening, as she was lying in bed, she heard a voice saying to her that Jesus loved her. In tears and in repentance, she rededicated her life to God and gathered her family to pray for her husband. The next morning, her husband got better, and as a result, everyone in the family, including Brother Yoon, put their faith in God. Uh, unquote. 
So later, uh, Brother Yoon, he wanted a Bible, um, but these were illegal in China at the time. Um, I think they're still hard to get there. So what he did was he, um, he prayed to God for a Bible, and he fasted for many days. And eventually he saw a vision in a dream of receiving one, and then when he woke up, there was a knock at the door, and a man he didn't know handed him a Bible, that's right, which he quickly devoured and, and even memorized because if you were caught with one, um, there would be trouble. So what they would do is they'd try to memorize it so they would have the word in them, right? Which is what we're doing this year as well, right? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But uh, they really did it in China. So um, the story I want to tell about Brother Yoon is from his book. This is, it's called The Heavenly Man. And in this excerpt, he is arrested for gospeling, for sharing the gospel. And uh, because this book is from the Christian tradition, instead of words like Messiah and Yeshua that we usually use, uh, he uses uh, words like uh, cross and Jesus and Christ, which I have preserved in, in the text, in the quote. <clears throat> quote, two other public security bureau officers took a rope and tightly bound my arm behind my back as well as binding the rope around my chest, back, and waist. One of the officers noticed a red wooden cross that was attached to the wall with the words, For God so loved the world, inscribed on the horizontal pieces of the cross. On the left and right we were, were written, He hung on the cross, and he took our sins upon himself. The officers read those words and laughed loudly. They tore the cross from the wall and tied it to my back, with the ropes. Then they started to kick me furiously. Blows rained down on my legs, arm, chest, and ribs. The owner of the house came and knelt down before the officers, begging them to release me. He said, this man is a good man. He's done nothing wrong. Please arrest me in his place. The officers kicked and pushed him out of the room, shouting, you can never pay this man's debt. For the first time, I had the honor of literally bearing the cross of Christ on my body. They triumphantly marched me off, bloodied and bruised, to Shangnan Township. I was reminded of the verse, for it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die in the arena, 1 Corinthians 4.9. When the townspeople saw me bound with rope and that I was carrying a big red cross, a story began to circulate that I had come. Many people crowded around to witness this remarkable sight. As I was paraded through the streets, a police car drove slowly in front. Through a loudspeaker, they proclaimed, This man came from Henan to preach Jesus. He has seriously disturbed the peace. He has confused the people. Today, the Public Security Bureau has captured him. We will punish him severely. I was made to kneel down in the dirt while the officers punched me in the chest and faced and repeatedly kicked me from behind with their heavy boots. My face was covered with blood, the pain was unbearable, and I nearly lost consciousness as I lay on the ground. They lifted me up and made me stagger down another street. They were determined to make an example of me to as many people as possible. I lifted my head and caught glimpses of people in the crowd. Some pitied me and wept. When I saw this, it really strengthened my faith. When I had the chance, I softly told one woman, please don't feel sorry for me. You should weep for the lost souls of our nation. When the onlookers heard my voice, they cried even more loudly. I was paraded through the streets for half a day. 
When night fell, they took me into a big courtyard inside the police station. They didn't loosen my ropes, but they did take the wooden cross off my back. They locked me in a large interrogation room. I noticed the door was made of iron, and the windows had iron bars on them. Some evil-faced officers came in. They questioned me with great gravity in their voices. The Lord spoke to my heart. In the hidden place, your father shall protect you. They shouted at me, where exactly do you come from? Henan, I replied, which is a, you know, it's a big province. Then I remembered that I was a wanted man in Henan. I didn't want to tell them the name of my home county or town because I could get many believers into trouble. So I shut my mouth and determined not to answer any more of their questions. I felt that God wanted me to pretend like I was crazy, like David had done in the Bible. I lay down on the ground and acted insane. I rolled my eyes back in their sockets and spat like a madman. I didn't say a word. The PSB were frightened and were convinced I was crazy. Many spectators had crowded outside the window and looked in. One officer went to another room and made a telephone call to Hanan to try to find out who I was from the authorities there. The other interrogators went with him to hear what was said. They left me alone in the room and shut the door. I was still tightly bound by rope, so they saw no chance I could escape. The onlookers also gave their attention to the telephone call and crowded outside the window of that room to listen. At that moment, with everyone's eyes off of me, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, the God of Peter is your God. I remembered how angels had opened the prison gates for Peter to escape. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews 1.14. The rope that bound my arms behind my back suddenly snapped by itself. I didn't tear the ropes off, but kept them loosely in place. I decided to try to escape, and if caught, I would claim I was trying to go to the toilet. With my arms still positioned behind my back, I used my mouth to turn the door handle and walked out of the room. At that moment, God gave me faith and courage. I reminded myself that the blood of Jesus Christ protected me. I walked through the middle of the onlookers in the courtyard. Nobody stopped me or said anything to me. It was as though God had blinded their eyes and they didn't recognize who I was. I walked through the courtyard to the toilet block in the northern part of the compound, about 30 feet away from the interrogation room. As quickly as I could, I pulled the, off the rope from around my body. My arms, hands, and shoulders were still numb from being bound by the rope for so long. Because the front gates had been locked, the only way out of the compound was over an eight-foot-high cement wall. The wall had sharp glass embedded in the top. I stood there for a moment, stared at the wall, and prayed, asking the Lord to heal my hands and body. I decided to try to leap over the wall. I saw no other choice. I was not trapped. Oh, I was trapped, and at any moment, the officers would come and grab me. What happened next is not possible from a human perspective, yet God is my witness that what I'm about to tell you is the truth. First, I pulled myself onto the wall as high as I could manage. <clears throat> I looked over the top and saw that on the other side was a 10 feet wide open septic tank. As I hung grimly onto the side of the wall, all of a sudden, I felt as if somebody hoisted me up and threw me over. I jumped so far that I even cleared the septic tank. A scripture came to my mind. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, 
I can scale a wall. 2 Samuel 22, verse 30. The God of Peter wonderfully helped me leap over the wall and escape. I believe the same angel I had seen in my vision helped to lift me up, unquote. Excuse me. Baruch Hashem. Amen? Isn't that remarkable? Let's say the scripture that he, he said together. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look at that. Let's say this. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. Let's say it again. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. Now, you may feel that you have a wall that you need to leap over in your life. Maybe it's not a literal cement wall like it was for Brother Yoon. Maybe it's depression or sickness or self-hatred or unforgiveness toward yourself or unforgiveness toward someone else. Maybe you're up against a wall of not feeling good enough or a wall of thinking you're too great. Maybe your wall is a sin that you struggle with or just a feeling of being stuck. Has anyone ever felt like they're up against a wall at some point in their life? Yeah, we all feel that way. Like the video we saw in the beginning, what do we have to do? We have to go up, to go down, to go up. Notice Brother Yoon, what did he do? He climbed as high as he could, he went up, and then he went down and realized that on his own, he couldn't get over the wall. But with God, all things are possible. And finally, he went up again because God leapt for him. This brings me to another kind of leaping we can do. <clears throat> the Song of Songs is a romantic love poem that some people wonder, what is this book doing in the Bible? At face value, it validates intimacy and love between a husband and wife. <clears throat> but it has long been read symbolically as a relationship between God and Israel or between God and his ecclesia, the body of Messiah. It is both a picture of marriage and a symbol of our love relationship with God. So here is an excerpt from Song of Songs 2, verse 8. Let's read it together. And there's some leaping in here as well. <clears throat> the voice of the man I love. Here he comes, bounding over the mountains, skipping over the hills. Can you imagine that kind of love? This man is jumping over mountains as if they were molehills. You know, my mom used to say I was making a mountain out of a molehill, but I think this is different, right? He's just, he's just jumping over mountains. Why? Why is he doing this? To be with his beloved. This is the love of an ideal marriage, right? Aren't there popular songs which say the same thing, right? Because <clears throat> baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no valley low enough to keep me from getting to you, babe. Right? Yeah. No mountain. There's an interesting midrash or rabbinic conversation about this verse. And this is from Song of Songs, Rabbah. The rabbis say, the voice of my beloved, 
Look, he is coming, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. And then they interpret it. This points to Moses when he came and said to Israel, In this month you will be redeemed. They said to him, Moses, our rabbi, how shall we be redeemed since all Egypt is soiled with our idolatry? He replied, Since he desires your redemption, he does not gaze on your idolatry, but leaping over the mountains. Mountains are nothing but idolatry. As it says, they sacrifice on the tops of mountains and offer upon the hills. And in this month, you shall be redeemed. So what are the rabbis saying here? The mountains in scripture were often high places where idolatry occurred, the worship of other gods. But the rabbis are interpreting this text to show that God's love is so strong that he leaps over the mountains of our sin and idolatry. Why? Just to be with us. He doesn't look at our sins and mistakes. So great is his compassion on us. Have you messed up? Yeah, we all have. Have you fallen short? God loves you anyway. He leaps over mountains to be with you, like a husband leaping to his bride. Tomorrow I have the privilege of officiating the wedding of Meggie and Logan. And one thing I can say about Logan, he is excited. Just looking at his face, you can tell he can't wait to start his life with his beloved. Logan, would you leap over a mountain just to be with Meggie? All of them, yeah. Didn't even hesitate. So, yeah. So if Logan can love his bride that way, then Kalvachomer, how much more does God love us and long to be with us no matter what? I'm not saying it's okay to sin. I'm saying that God loves us through our sins and, and, and mistakes enough to leap over mountains to be with us and to pull us out and clean us up. So remember, this leap day, we go up to go down to go up. With my God, I can do what? Leap over a wall. And remember also that God leaps over mountains to be with us. His love is stronger than our mistakes. Let's pray. Avinu, we thank you for your, your strong love. We thank you for the testimony of amazing people of faith like Brother Yoon. And uh, there are still Christians today in China and other places in the world where it's illegal to, to follow you. It's illegal to, to read the Bible. And yet they are doing so at their own peril. And so we pray that you would encourage them and uh, that you would encourage us to be bold with our faith and to uh, leap over the walls that are in our lives. Because with you, oh God, we can leap over a wall. We can go against a troop. Uh, there's nothing impossible for you, and we can do all things through you who strengthen us. And we thank you, Lord, that you don't see us as our sins deserve, but you leap over mountains to be with us. And we thank you for your eternal love. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.